I'm Master Torgo. I'm the famous Paul. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact check, Andy. And we're from Geek Shock, and you're listening to Seven Land Hand. It's Seven Land Hand. Brought to you across the veil by Good Games. Miss Tickvale was the best damn math teacher I ever had. She was transparent, full of fertile soul, and pregnant before the end of year 12. Someone should have sleeved up. Remarkable, years later, AEG released Mystic Veil. Coincidence? <laughs> I don't think so. I do not think so. Equally transparent, this is Seven Land Hand. Mystic Veil is a deck construction push-your-luck veil crawler from AEG. It was released in 2016 and was designed by mathematical madman John D. Clare. It's a game for two to four players with 45 to 60 minutes ready to harvest. In 2016, it was nominated for Golden Geek's Most Innovative Board Game and Best Card Game Awards. The game's elevator pitch reads as follows. A curse has been placed upon the Valley of Life. Hearing the spirits of nature cry out for aid, clans of druids have arrived, determined to use their blessings to heal the land and rescue the spirits. It will require courage and also caution, as the curse can overwhelm the careless who wield too much power. One disclaimer before we proceed, John D. Clare is not actually a madman. However, he once spent half a day in Belgian customs screaming, I declare nothing but John. But what does it all mean to gamers? In the pod today, I'm joined by Druidic clam members Matt, Merlin, McHale. One of my favourite pastries is uh, Merlin. Eclair. Oh, Eclair. Is Eclair. Is Eclair. De Eclair. I love the Eclair. Yeah. And from the other side of the country, we've got Jamie Getafix Lawrence. What the fix is that nickname? You don't. Oh, <gasps> put that in a quiz. Put that in a quiz. You don't there know Getafix. These are two of the... Merlin and Getafix are two of the greatest druids of all time. Merlin, King Arthur. Getafix, Asterix the Gaul. Don't know that one. Silence. Oh, well, that's... Stumped, never, have I stumped... Have you stumped? We're going to have some interesting times in the quiz tonight. Oh, <laughs> that's great. I love it. I haven't managed to stump him, but you successfully did it. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, I loved our Asterix. You know, I was, yes. I was... The most exciting thing I had up my sleeve about going to university mm. was because I thought, man, they're going to have... All of they've got such a massive library, they'll have all of the Asterix books. Yeah, and my mate crushed my hopes in one fell swoop by saying, <laughs> No, no, there's no fiction in there, it's all <laughs> it's all just you know, reference books. And I was like, Oh, god, yeah. why am I going to uni? I picked up a, an Asterix cookbook, yeah, yeah, what, yeah, you, it's great. Yeah, it's what all, all these strange recipes with boar. No, well, looks so funny, tasty. no, but lots of vegetables. I think, uh, it's more like a, a kid's cookbook. And uh, it was, it's very badly, very, very badly edited. So it must have been translated directly from French or something like that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of interesting recipes that take the uh, piss out of the Romans. Yeah, well, that's what it was all about, and mm. crushing them. And, yeah. oh, what was, what was Oblix? Well, honestly, most Roman cooking took the piss out of the Romans and used it in the cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, having not lived that long there, back then, I guess uh, mm. we've only got your word for it, Jamie. Anyway, what, what, what have you guys been doing uh, to better your cursed geeky pastures recently? All right, let me, let me jump straight into it. Yeah. Netflix. Yeah. Totally binge-watched Glow. Gorgeous oh, ladies. yes. So good. So wonderful. Um, I don't want to do spoilers because it only just came out a little while ago, but just start to finish one of the most... How many episodes? Well, well, well dialogued shows I've seen in a long time. Mm. Is that about wrestling? Yeah. I've, okay, it's that about, is right. It's one. about 
uh, an actress who goes to a, an audition blind, and it turns out to be an audition for a wrestling show. It's called the, I think it's the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, Glow, G L O W. Yeah, that's right. And, and Mark Maron is is the a character in there. I, don't, I haven't seen it yet, but I listen to yeah, Mark Maron's podcast, W T F. Piece, it's really good. The music's fantastic. Really oh, love okay. it. Yeah. It's oh, very, um, it looks like a very 80s vibe. All the, all the girls have got I'll have big to hair. add it to the list. Yeah, it's, it's a rough, <laughs> it's a tough gig. On, on, the, on the viewing front, uh, I've been taking my son through the classics uh, and we've, we found our way in after Alien and uh, a couple of other ones in Ghostbusters and things like that. Uh, we watched, uh, we've been watching Terminator. We watched Terminator 1 oh, yeah. and we watched Terminator 2. And then you've got, you got to keep going from then, right? Of course. So I watched Rise of the Machines. I've never seen that before. I enjoyed it. Okay, it was still fun. okay. Still, still okay. Still Watch okay. Salvation today. I'd seen that before. Yeah, I was surprised at the big cast in that. And I've heard that Genesis, the last one, is just goddamn awful. But we got it teed up. We're going to watch that soon. Ah, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. No, it's okay. It's it's oh. fine. I think it it does it, it serves its purpose. Which uh... what to kill off the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it remains to be seen. I can't see them bringing out another one. But uh, something on the interesting reboot front uh, is I just saw that uh, is it Jake Busey is uh, reprising, well, not reprising, but is coming back in a Terminator, a uh, Terminator, uh, oh. Alien, not Versus Alien, Predator, Predator in the <laughs> yeah, in Gary the Busey Predator, role, yeah, in the Gary Busey's role as his son, yeah. I guess seeking revenge. What, for the motorbike accident or wherever it was? That... <laughs> well, I don't know. The one where he got blown up by the uh, alien, by the Predator in uh, in Predator 2. Right. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Jake Busey's taking over that. So Predator 2, everybody. Well, not Predator 2, but no, those The others... Predator, yeah, I think yeah. it's going to be called. I never got really excited about Predator after that. That's a franchise that sort of come to continued on. Yeah. And it's got a big fan base to this day. But I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed Predator. We were crazy for that. And I saw Predator 2 and I was just like, meh. And I was out from then on. And then it, Alien versus Predator just seemed like a cheap shot. So I never went for it. But big following. One and two, I, I really enjoyed one and two. But then when it started getting into the, the crossover there, yeah, lost me. So... It would, but how far can it really go? I mean, with Alien, okay, there's a lot of scope. You can take it in a lot of different directions. Oh, no, look, I've got a soft spot for Predator, like it, especially actually Predators, the the film they did a couple of years ago where Adrian Brody, uh, yeah, where people got teleported to another planet and yeah. hunted. Yes, um, that was that was pretty cool and a little bit off script. Um, but I think there's still life in that franchise. But how many times can you have a movie where uh, humans are being hunted by predators for sport? I mean, that's pretty much been all of them. Well, give them a chance to fight back. See what happens, you know? Hey, if you could, if you could blend the two. You know, I understand the TV. Reality TV shows are a cheap thing, easy to make. <laughs> Often attract a, a brainless uh, cast of characters. Yeah, absolutely. Now imagine getting that same cast of characters that you get on, say, Big Brother, which has died off. What about Predator versus Big Brother cast? It would, <laughs> it would yeah. last. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's like it's a minute thirty show. Like eight of them just getting taken down real fast. But oh my god, people would be up for that, wouldn't they? Right. I, I'd want to see uh, Predator versus the cast of Survivor. Yeah, totally <laughs> take them out. That that would I would love to see. I'm yeah, a celebrity. Get me out of here because Predator's about to kill underwater. me. <laughs> Bit of conflict over here. Obviously, this is we've hit a str- struck a chord. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we didn't hear that, Jamie. What was that? 
I was saying, give us a near future version where it's set underwater. No, mine was better. <laughs> I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here because Predator's about to blow my brains out. There you go. That's my pitch. Cop that warning. Yeah. Channel 7, I'll be there on Monday. <laughs> um, well, I've found uh, something that I, I didn't get to see at the cinema. Mm. Uh, Suicide Squad popped up on Netflix. Oh, it did, yes. Yep. I saw that too. And I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I fin- fun yeah. movie. Yeah, it was actually... Uh, something that I, I could brainlessly watch while I was doing the dishes, as I usually do, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I got into the f- the characters. Uh, I think um, my favourite had to have been uh, definitely Harley. Definitely, mm. she was she was a great character. Uh, but then I found that Flag was a little bit yeah, a little so bit I don't even uh, know too serious. Was. Rick Flag. Who's that? Uh, Which one was that? He was the uh, special forces guy. No. But He's the I, one who's not a criminal. <laughs> not Still a criminal. Can. No, well, not a criminal, you say, but uh, he certainly has yeah, a yeah. very shady past. And I think that's the one thing that I liked. It's not about having uh, this team of bad, bad guys, villains, being led by uh, totally altruistic uh, good guys. Everybody, everybody has a shade of grey or even deeper than that, which was uh, I thought was very refreshing. And uh, so they were but all you know bad what? guys. After seeing it when it came out, I think I saw it in the movies, talked about it on the podcast. To this day, I haven't seen it again. Can't remember what happened, you know? And that's an indictment on something, I think. It's, from what I remember, it was something like, uh, was it the Magnificent Seven or whatever, you know, where the, you know, the, they get a whole bunch of prisoners together to go and beat World War Two, and, <laughs> uh, you know, back in the day. And it was just like yeah, a rework. That sounds like that the Dirty with, Dozen, yeah. Yeah, Dirty yeah. Dozen, something yeah. like that. And, um, and yeah, but I, and I can just imagine a few of the usual tropes of them, you know, facing adversity and beating a big yeah. lightning ball and winning, <laughs> something yeah, like that. Look, it, it wasn't. It wasn't an amazing superhero film, but I feel like it got a really bad rap on the back of Batman vs Superman, yes. which it didn't really deserve. It was actually it was okay. There was nothing wrong yeah. with it, you know. Jared Leto was a great, insane Joker. I thought he was good too, and and like I saw a, a meme come out during the week where they were taking the piss out of him for not taking a role that he shouldn't have and being the worst Joker ever. But I didn't think it was that bad. I thought he looked the part and made it a little bit different. Yep. It was a very different take on the Joker to, to a lot of what's gone before. Yeah, but sure. a very modern version as well. Like, he fits, yeah. he fits in, like, if you imagine a Joker was invented today, that he, who, could, who could look like that? That seemed fine. Yeah. But aside from that, I've been watching uh, quite a bit of YouTube lately. And uh, on Geek and Sundry, they've got a little uh, show called Foreververse, which is a little RPG show uh, there, which I've really, really taken to. It's taken this cast of recurring uh, characters and they're throwing in them into a whole different series of systems, game systems. Uh, at the moment, um, I'm still getting through the back catalogue and they're playing Werewolf, but uh, they started off in Pugmire, which is an RPG about being a dog. And then there's uh, they branch into other things, Seventh uh, Sea and all things like that. So that's really interesting. Uh, a lot of fun role-playing action. I'm really getting into it. So that's... Uh, that's forever, Verse. That's my hot tip. Uh, so tonight we're uh, we're talking about Mystic Veil, which is last year's big game changer from uh, from AEG. But just in the last two weeks, I've played, not exaggerating, ten games 
of The Captain is Dead, which is AEG's latest game, is so much fun. That's the, the one that looks that I mistakenly thought was uh, Space Clue. Space Clue. Yeah, though. yeah. yeah. Oh, so the basic premise yeah. is that you're on a starship like the Enterprise, everything's going swimmingly, then the captain dies, and sadly he was the only competent member of the crew. So the rest of you are scrambling like mad to try and avoid all the dramas that are taking place on the ship and get to warp before you blow up. And it's just so much cooperative, chaotic fun. That sounds really like great. Space Cadets. Space. It's, it's yeah. got a lot of the flavor of Space Cadets, but it's, it's a bit tighter than that. Cool. How do they create the chaos? Is it timed? Is it, you know, how do they hurry so make you hurried? Every turn you, draw, you basically draw a new dilemma that's uh, taking place. It'll be people attacking the ship. It'll be um, aliens beaming on board. It'll be systems breaking down, all sorts of things. Hmm. Okay. Well, and you said that's that's new, so that's not released yet, but is coming out, or it is released? That has, that has just been released in the last couple of weeks. Oh, cool. All right. Mm. Have to look it up. Well, I did. I, I took a... I, oh, this, this could open a tin of worms here, but I went on a cruise. <laughs> I was not proud of it, but I had a great time. So I would do it again immediately. I'd do it now if it was on. So Did you yeah. stand up the front of the boat? No, I didn't do that. Um, Wasted opportunity then? I hate the Titanic. I hate, I hate that movie. Gosh, <laughs> if that came out now, boy, boy, I'd like to get my teeth stuck into that one. No, but what, I took a few, we took a few board games. <clears throat> we had a pandemic disaster. You know how, like, after you've got a few expansions for a game and not all the components fit into one box yeah. and you sort of pack it up across the expansion and the core set. Sure. And then when you go on holiday somewhere, you just take the core set thinking, don't need the expansions, just take the core set. Oh, no. So open up Pandemic, set it up. Half the cards weren't there, no roll cards, no anything. We're like, oh, no. <laughs> so we packed that up and we invented games. We, so we started playing Liar's Dice and we started making up other dice games. I think we've got a hot property. We've come up with a game. We've got no name for it yet. It's bloody oh, good fun. There we go. We'll yeah. have to give it a go. Yeah, uh, sure. Jamie would probably say that... Uh, Pandemic yeah. with half the uh, components missing uh, is probably an improvement, right, Jamie? I was actually going to say that I, I think I know where, where David made his mistake, and that was taking Pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> I, also, I also took Santorini, so we played that as well. That was good fun. Excellent. That is good fun. Oh. Yeah, but you know what? We were walking around on the deck. Well, I wasn't walking around. My sister-in-law was walking around on the deck and by the pool, and, you know, like... Uh, you think at Supernova, we were asked that question, oh, what is it about being in a niche uh, market or something yeah. like that? Talking about geek, geek world and, and nerd life and all that sort of stuff. And they're saying, what is it like to be in a niche? And I was like, since when is it a niche? It's like we rule the universe now. It's like fairly certain all, of that. All technology, anything, any, yeah. any actual development that happens, there's a geek or a nerd or someone who got teased at high school behind that, right? That's where all the genius is. You don't get genius. You don't get, I don't think we get, do we get genius alpha, alpha guys going around beating their chests, beating people up, Not pushing their heads down toilets? Really? I Not think really. they tend to get handed the opportunities yeah. by, by the geeky guys. So I was, I was trying to, think about this cruise and think is this a, a geeky thing that i've done and looking around and trying to equate it to you know i was trying to look for my angle being on the cruise thinking are these old people because there's a lot of old people on yeah. board is this is this a, a a geeky thing and i couldn't find the the parallel until my sister-in-law says she's walking along around the pool you know where everyone's sunning themselves and playing whatever in the pool there are two uh youngsters not in the pool 
sitting on the side playing magic on their sunbed. Yes, five. On a seniors yeah. cruise. Oh, and it wasn't a seniors cruise. It was a cruise. It was there was more. There was more kids and stuff like that. Really, to be on there. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was a good. It was a good. No, you you laugh, but it was it was actually a really interesting little study of society. There was a lot of people with disabilities on board because it's a very accessible holiday and and you know uh, and a very interesting little instant community that gets developed you know we talk about communities within within gaming absolutely it's instant community everyone's best buddies and friends and helping each other out until we played out basketball by the way i I played like i was uh yeah there was a game on on the upper deck where it was just adults only wasn't allowed the kids weren't allowed to get involved otherwise they would have been killed and um (laughs) i jumped in there thinking i could prison ship rules i could yeah i could still bust all the same moves that i had when i was 10 15 years younger and used to play basketball and i played well i did really well my son was impressed uh, got off the court gasping and uh, still feel the pain now. <laughs> I'm, I'm in agony. It was absolutely... Oh, and Travis is somewhat less in, less impressed. No, he, was, he, he came off and he goes, oh, it was really exciting. And I was like, you're taking the piss, aren't you? And he goes, no, no, that was good. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm hanging my hat on that one. So, speaking of all that, how yeah. was your little talk at Supernova? Yeah, talk at Supernova was good. Yeah, it I was. was. I was the only one not wearing a dress. Uh, shout out to Alex and Nathan who wore dresses and uh, Georgina, Georgina who was wearing a dress as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah good. it was good. As an observer, see, I, Jamie, I sat in the, uh, in the audience and literally I had to get everybody out of the way in front of me and tell them to go sit somewhere else so that I, I could have an unobstructed view of, uh, of David and the, uh, the panel. Uh, Which resulted us in getting heckled on Facebook for not having anybody watching. (laughs) I was recording it and it was... um it was great. It was a really good talk. Uh, I, I actually enjoyed it. I've listened to it a couple of times now, not just because I edited the footage. He edited the all footage. of my comments out. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've used funny voices for David. Sometimes he yeah. sounds like a chipmunk. Other times he sounds like um, uh, Lucille Ball. Um, so I had a lot Man, of fun editing it. Short of references there. <laughs> but it, it was it was a, a really good chat on creativity and, and how to um, bring that into the, the projects that you're working on. Hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed it and as, a, as a audience member. And Got a few gags in, I did. I yeah, didn't say, did I too. didn't make any knob jokes. I didn't say fuck once. Nope. So high five or tick in every <laughs> box really that I had to do. I had Matt there on the side saying, tick, put a tick in these boxes if I make it through. And I was <laughs> successful on all accounts. It's funny because I could see there was a <clears throat> counter on the side of the screen, uh, waiting to tick up for the number of times uh, yeah, yeah. David left let loose an f bomb, but it didn't happen. Didn't happen. So uh, that counter stayed on no. zero. Well and, done. But I got the the gag count was reasonably good. You did didn't make it silly. Yeah. Kept the people entertained. I'd like to think. No, it was yeah. good. It was really enjoyable. Um, and I've got bits and pieces of it, which I've, I'm uh, handing over to uh, to Alex at Level Up Dice, and uh, yeah. yeah, I we'll can bring it out at. Um, at uh, David's 21st. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah. Hey, we better wrap it up because I like to talk about some Mystic Vale, you know, and we're, we're getting deep in the show. We're about 20 minutes in. It's about time we talk some Mystic Vale, don't you reckon? What do you think, Jamie? All right. When Mystic Vale for commenting on the Facebook page for this show. That's episode 97. At facebook.com forward slash sevenlandhand. Win, win, win. We'll announce last month's winner of Isle of Sky later in Eats and Twos. Uh, this month, to draw the winner, Good Games HQ dropped everyone's name into their sporran. They then reached in, felt around, hunted, explored, felt around a little bit more, and then drew out a name. Uh, the rest of the names are still in the sporran. 
Ew. Just, yeah, if you want to think about where your name might be. Anyway, so stay tuned for, for the winner later on. It might be you. Uh, so every month, Good Games are offering uh, 10% off the game you review, and this month it is Mystic Vale. While stocks last, Seven Land Hand listeners will get 10% off Mystic Vale at every Good Games store in the vast Vale of Good Games stores. Even Hurstville? I think, I believe even Hurstville, yeah. Even Bella Vista? Even Bella Vista. Even Shout Hobart. out to Bella Vista. Hobart, yeah. Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Chicago. Chicago. Wow. Yeah. That really is everywhere. Uh, Joondalup. Cannington. And... Rockingham. <laughs> I don't remember. Queensland. Oh, now we've started something now. We've got to, we're not going to name him all 26. Top ride. Uh, town Hall. <laughs> um, it's all in his territory now. Uh, we'll remember more. Yeah. Um, Melbourne. Box Hill. Oh, bang, bang. Gold Coast. <laughs> Gold Coast? Yeah, Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah. Right. What's the other one? Not Town Hill. Central. Oh, how good is our knowledge? <laughs> I don't know. There's a store <laughs> out there, right? Pretty well. <laughs> Brisbane. What's uh, the other what's the other Brisbane store? Brisbane and South Brisbane? Brisbane. Uh, yep. Shout Not out to Mason. Brisbane. Yep. <laughs> anyway, this is getting really dull. Um <laughs> Where were we? Get 10% off. Uh, the, all you have to do, right, this is what you have to do. Forget about the rest of it. That's all garbage. All you have to do is to go into any one of those stores and the ones we've forgotten. Uh, harvest your wardrobe for your finest gaming blouse is what I've got a recommendation right. here. Present yourself before your local good game store employee and declare this month's password. I have nothing to have nothing declare. declare. I have nothing to de- declare. declare. I think you have to say that like us. John D. Clare is the designer of the game. That's where the joke is, listener, if, you, if, you, if it wasn't smacked into your <laughs> In face. Case you missed it. Yeah, so for all of July, guys. I have nothing to declare. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's with a weird echo. Well, that's while <laughs> stocks last. Okay, now on with the show. Well, did a strange burp there before I, um, before I press record. It sounded like a small animal. <laughs> Lucky you missed out on that. Hey, oh, shout out to um, Bondi Junction as well, if you forgot to mention. They're big supporters of the podcast in, in their own right as a store. So that's why they get their own little Special bit. Special mention. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, oh, and before we started, this is a Mystic, Mystic Vale. It's an AEG game. And before we came, Jamie doesn't even know this, before we came on, we opened up Skype. Todd Rowland from AEG had sent us what a, a line. coincidence. Said hello, which is nice. So we said hello back. Because oh, cool. we're, we're those kind of guys. Yeah. 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 Uh, hopefully that means he's going to, like, you know, let us be the centre of the universe for some new AEG release. <laughs> or, not. <laughs> or not. Or maybe he yeah. just really cares. He does. He's a nice guy, Todd. Uh, and we bought him a six-pack of beer once. Get mileage out of that, right? <laughs> he is, um, he's travelling the world for the next year. Oh, is he? Oh, so oh. maybe he wants he to know where we are. He's his family and um, he's taking them out. Uh, they're going to Japan. They're coming to Australia for three months. Oh, um, that explains. They're, um, they're going through Europe. They're, they're doing the whole thing. Oh, my goodness. Maybe he wants to come out and hang in the pod for as long as you can handle well, it. <laughs> we may, it, it's, we're still sort of trying to work out whether it'll work, but we might be having one space at a, of our booth at PAX be a smash-up demo space. All right, cool. Uh, with, with him there and, uh, and plenty of stock. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, be cool. Good stuff. I don't know if we've got that much beer, but we can try. We can try our best. Well, who knows if we'll have any left by the time we get there. It's Mystic Vale this yes, month. Yes, it is. Um, that, in, in when that, we were listening to that back, that'll sound like I cut that, but I didn't. I did that live just the way. Just did a different <laughs> change of tone in the voice. Um, 
Mystic Vale uh, is a AEG game, like I was saying, and it's got a bit of a, a story behind it, Matt. Um, but we're going to get Jamie to do it because I've scribbled out your name and I've written Jamie there instead. <laughs> Jamie, do you want us to tell do you want to tell us how we found ourselves in Mystic Vale? Well, see, we're druids in Mystic Vale, and we care for the Valley of Life. Unfortunately, a curse has been placed on the Valley of Life. Oh, curse. heard the spirit of nature cry out for help, and so our clans of druids have arrived to use their blessings to heal the land and uh, overwhelm the evil that has taken it over. Heal the land with we their beards. Mm, that burp that I did before we started, <laughs> we that was actually the cry of nature. We need and long beards uh, to try and fight back the... Uh, the blight that has taken over our lands and restore the spirit of nature. Yeah, one, one thing I didn't get about the narrative intro, not to, you know, just to, you know, slag off anything or just cast dispersions, you might be able to explain it to me, is the curse has been placed on the Valley of Life and we've all come together as druids to help out nature, yet it's a competitive game. Why don't we just work together yeah. and try to, to help the... So, so why are Have we I competing? missed something? Yeah, yeah we... because my clan of druids is better than yours, David. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so it's really more about which, which clan of, of druids is better, not saving nature. So this is like a political statement. It's like, <laughs> it yeah, 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 we're doing it for nature. We're not doing it for nature. We're getting voted in no, next look, time. The thing is, druids, you've got to understand, druids are insanely overconfident. So they're all showing up. They're like, look, we're all king shit. We know that we're mm. going to fix this place. It's just a race to see who can do it best. And the answer is me, not you. Okay. Yeah, okay. I can Who's see healing... Uh, Magic is is the strongest. Yeah, it's like when it's like when you're a young parent and both mums in law are around and something happens to your child and they both compete to heal slash care slash support better and just make the whole situation worse, and therefore get the largest share of the will. Yes, is, is, is what it's all about. Yes, I think so. The will, of course, being. The, the fertile soil lands. Mm. Yeah. How does it all look now that we've gone on a, a parallel which is uh, obtuse? Uh, how does it all look, Matt? Transgentle. On the table before us. When we've, when we've opened... The, we did do an opening the box, this one, because we stole no. our copy of Mystic Vale off of Jamie whilst over now, east. Now, what I heard was it was left in an airport, so it was rightfully claimed by anyone who wanted to claim it. No, no, no. Who leaves a game in an airport? No, we were. To- oh, I'm sorry. sure they've seen stranger things left in an airport. No, we, we uh, Aaron, myself, and James from Good Games Joondle Up. There's another shout out for Good Games Joondle Up. Uh, had a whole day to spend at Sydney Airport from about ten o'clock till seven thirty. So before we departed the Good Games crowd, we said, "Have you got any games on you?" And uh, Jamie had a copy of Mystic Vale, so we said, "We'll be having that." And we spent um, seven hours in an airport playing that and Lies Dice and other things. Well, just imagine then that you're playing this at an airport. Yes. And out in front of you, you've got a few areas. What would we see? What would you see? You'll see an area called uh, the Commons. And the Commons is made up of of, uh, three levels of advancement. Uh, Each of the cards are different levels. And they're your pool of cards that you're drafting from. They're in front of you. Next to those are the Veil cards, and there's level one and level two Veil cards. So they're laid out. They're what you're competing for to make your... I've never uh, yet give bought you extra one of those. Uh, no, we'll I get into that one, later. Yeah. We'll get into that later. But so yeah. they're in front of you. And in front of you directly is your own 20-card uh, player deck, mm. which is the same for everybody else. They're made up of exactly the same cards. 
and from that point, you go through the business of constructing constructing cards. those cards to make them better. Hmm. Uh, there's a pool for v- uh, victory point tokens. That's them. A plastic bag. That's it. And there's, and there's also a final deck, which is a fertile soil deck, yeah. which is a generic uh, card that everyone has access to to improve the quality of their land. Now, don't just un- that little bit. Don't undersell the advancement decks, Matt, because they uh, have a different vibe to them than most deck you know, packs of cards, decks they of do. cards, don't they? Yes. The, well, the level one advancements are the things that you're most commonly going to be able to buy uh, first up. Still miss my point. How do they look? How do they look? Oh, how do they look? look Well, you can look right through them. That's how they look. Think Gloom. Yeah, if you've played Gloom, that's what's going on. That's a a plastic To my knowledge, Gloom is actually the first game that had done this, uh, giving you those translucent cards. Uh, so this is the cards. first game to use the card crafting system. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They tried to invent that on the cover. They've got CCS card crafting system. Like we need another LCG slash FFG <laughs> slash LCG. Ah, oh, just stop me now. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's all those acronyms out there that no one can remember mm. uh, except us geeks because we know love them, them so. Well. So yes, this is the first of its type in, in the, for card crafting. Mm. Uh, there are others where you can add cards to the side, underneath, but this one, you're actually putting the advancement cards into a card sleeve. Yeah. So that it doesn't replace and that's your, what's and underneath. That's your deck. It adds to it, and that's your deck. Your, it stays your deck with the same sleeves, 20 right. cards. Mm. 20 cards the entire time. You will not pick up a single other card to add to your deck. It will be no more than 20, unless, of course... Well, there is no, no of course. Because, and, that's, be and that's the main difference between this and other... other you, so you're constructing cards. In deck builders, you get cards that help you thin out the junk later on. Yep. This, you never thin out the junk. Nope, you, you add to got, the junk. You add to the junk. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. Constantly adding uh, improvements. So the level one advancements are add a little something, a little effect uh, for a, a... Get you a bit of extra nominal mana. Nominal cost. Yeah, we're talking uh, mana in this yep. game. And then level two, that little bit more expensive, give you a little bit more control. Maybe it's uh, some things that have some symbols come in, some iconography comes into play. Get your veil cards bought with so those. You can buy those. And then yeah. the level three are often, they're very much, they have symbols that will score you extra points at the end of the game. So they're, they're very much your end of game scoring. Mm. And also uh, have that like level. that stripe, that ribbon sort of effect as well, where it's like if there's so many helmet cards on this card, yeah. you're going to get a, a multiplier or something like that, and you get these key com- combos start happening. Yeah, all the, all the icons are very clear to see. Uh, they're in not only that left-hand banner, but they're also on the cards themselves, but they're in restricted to the corners, and then there might be a little bit of text, which is at the bottom part of the card. Mm. Uh the cards themselves are unique because they're not just all centralised. They're either placed at the top, the bottom, or the middle, so leaving you that well, blank space. Well, that's the trick. Because when, you, when you're dropping in your, the sleeve, when, you, when you've got your player deck and you drop one of these cards that you buy with your, the mana that is available to you each turn, and you drop them into, the, into a sleeve, um, then the position... There's only three positions on the card which can be filled, yeah. and these uh, the advancement cards drop into the sleeve in those positions. You can't put them in over the top of another one, so once that no. position's filled, that's it. That's it. Yeah, so once you fill up that card, you've got all three slots filled. Mm. That card can no longer be advanced. 
But that's how it looks. So well, you've got those two main areas, the commons, the veil, and your own player. Three, yeah. Sorry, three areas. The commons, the veil, and your own personal player board, which... And, and that's it. That's, yeah. It's really simple. Very right. very similar to a lot of deck builders and things like that. Jamie, do you want to take us through a, a turn of the game and just let us know really what you're doing? Yeah, so at the start of your turn, you're going to have one card visible on the top of your deck, um, which you will take off and reveal the next card. Take off and reveal the next card and so on and so forth up until you've got two cursed symbols showing at that point you can continue if you want to but if you reveal a third cursed symbol it's going to end your turn because you've tapped into the wrong sort of manner yeah up until that up until that point everything that's showing in your field is a resource for you to spend it might be uh Hmm. it might be mana symbols it might be Different, uh, different types of what are, what are the ones called that uh, get you access to the special victory cards? Uh, when you can spirits, spirit, spirit symbols, yeah. spirit symbols. Thank yeah. you. Um, it might be uh, <clears throat> some healing trees that will uh, counter out counteract some of the cursed land that you're, you've encountered. It's the yeah. growth. Um, yeah, yeah. And the cursed but, land, uh, the cursed land is called spoiling. All your cards are in play. The, the spoil. So what you're doing is, as you're turning those cards over, you, it, this is referred to as um, like uh, initially it's planting. You're, you're planting. So all of those land cards that you're playing out in front of you is supposed to be like a you're um, investing in the land that's available mm. to you. Get too many of the spoiling symbols, and you've spoilt the land by pushing it too far. Yeah. Like in the like in the elevator pitch, how it says if you use too much power, you're going to spoil the land, so you're going to get nothing for it. Which meant you kind of scoop up, and that's the end of your go. Yep. And and it's oh, just to correct you there, uh, Jamie. It's if you get if you got you expose three in your initial um, uh, pre- pre- preparation then phase, you then you then you stop. And that's that's a bit of a trick to how you play as well. You. Because you can prepare yeah. whilst everyone else is having their go. Yeah. So you prepare, you get your three spoil symbols showing, then you can push if you want. And That's you can, right. You reveal a fourth one. Yeah, you reveal a fourth one, you've spoiled the land. If you push on, you might get more mana, which gives you more, uh, like, basically game money to buy um, cards from the... It's like a trade row. It looks very similar yes. sort of set out to Splendor That's if right. you've played that game. Yeah. So if you do go bust, you have a token in front of you, uh, which you can flip over, and that will give you an extra point of mana for your next turn. So mm. you don't going busted. Go, uh, sorry, getting spoiled is not an entirely lost turn, but uh, it's not great. Yeah, you've got it's. There's a, a couple of counters. There's a counter that sits in front of you, and on that's a, how you decide who the first player is as well. You you dish them out, and on the back of one of them is a star that says who who goes first. Yeah, the, the interesting. That's the thing we forgot. When we first, the first game we played, we didn't discover. We, that we didn't know how to uh, start <laughs> the game. Like, who was the last person to plant a field? Who was the last one to yeah. reap a harvest? But we couldn't figure that out. But, it's, and but it turns out it was just a star on the other yeah. side. Yeah, and that's on the grey side. On the other side, it's bl- a blue side, so it looks live and it matches up with the mana symbol, which is on all the cards. So when that's blue side up, you've got an extra mana to play. But if you play it, you've got to flip it, then it's grey side, and you can only turn it back over by spoiling. So if you haven't got enough mana to uh, buy any of the cards in the trade row, it's not such a bad thing to push on. You might get enough mana and then you're away. If you're not, 
then you spoil and then you can flip that, uh, that starter counter back over to the blue side and you've got an extra bit of money to spend next time. Yeah. The, um, so, so you go on, Jamie. If you don't spoil. Yep. If you don't spoil, then uh, you can uh, use some powers off any of the uh, any of the special cards that you've bought. They they sometimes include things like getting extra mana for a turn, or um, they can sometimes allow you to change an unfavorable result. So there's one card that you can discard, for example, uh, when you would spoil uh, to not spoil instead. Yep. Um, and then after that. You're moving into buying new cards and adding them to your uh, to your sleeves. Um, so when you buy when you buy something, they have a they'll have a mana cost. You can buy up to two uh, inserts on your turn, mm-hmm. and you have to slide them into cards that you've used on that turn. Yeah, and the and the initial cards that you get are pretty vanilla. Uh, so there is a card inside the sleeve to start with. Some of them are completely blank. Some of them have one of the three spots already filled. But it's usually something like a cursed land, which has got a spoilt symbol and a, and a one mana on it, or it's got a one fertile soil, or it's just completely blank. So you can draw out a whole ton of cards and um, and not have anything there, you know. Yeah. Um, but any of the cards that you buy from the trade row, you then slide into the sleeve, and um, yeah, and it's just it's just from your current hand that you've got on show. Well, the brilliant thing is, is if you don't spoil. And you continue to draw cards out, and you st- and then you decide, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm not. I'm not going to push. I'm going to um, yeah. pass. Harvest. Then you move to the harvest. <clears throat> any cards that you purchase can go in any of those cards that you've laid out there. So if you've got yeah. uh, three or four blank cards out in front of you, then you've got a, a, an empty canvas with literally no restrictions other than the mana you can spend. Mm. To um, improve those, cards. and you might buy a card that well, says ignore. Well, there is other... one important restriction, which is that you can't slide something over something else. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, if but you already have an existing card in a flight in a spot, you can't add to that slot. Yeah, um, and on those cards that have like a spot logo on there, you can uh, put another uh, a new card in there, and it'll slide into a slot of one of those three slots which is vacant, and it might say ignore all other spot logos on this card, or or all but one, and um, and that's how you can sort of negate the effect of of drawing too many spoil cards on on, on certain turns, later turns. Some of the cards, uh, just looking at them, they give you. Uh, it's either on your turn effects, so you might get uh, extra uh, victory points during your turn every time that card gets played. In others, they uh, they that's they're the grey um, sort of like shield icon. Yeah, the green the green victory points you get immediately, ones. and then the grey victory points at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. So that's two opportunities to score, and as long as you keep playing those cards, especially if you've got a few of them, every time they come out, that's victory points you're getting. And the green, the green victory points is the clock on the game. Yes. Because you calculate... Where do we calculate how many victory points there are? Is it a set amount at the beginning of the per book? Per number of players. Per number of players. Yeah. So it tells you how many the, there are, whether there's... I don't know, what, what is it? There's 24, there's 24 or something like that. If there's 24 in the pool, say, uh, once you played and you... Have get and those twenty four have been distributed by everybody. You finish the round, so the first player, uh, it, yeah, you all have the same amount of goes as the first player has had. 
And um, so you can score more instant victory points after that. That's an interesting thing as yes. well. It doesn't stop. It goes for the extra round. You, so you can get more, but essentially the game's over after that. And then you tally up Eurogamer style, don't you? Yep. That's it. Yep. Only there's no scorepad. Yeah, and no tracker around the board because there is no board. <laughs> That's right. So I... I yeah, go on. The, oh, I was going to say the, the discard phase, if you haven't picked up on it, uh, the discard phase is where you scoop up your um, all the cards which you've intensified really by buying extra yes. one to two cards. You scoop them up, put them in your discard pile. As you work through, obviously your draw pile disappears. You get all the cards in the discard pile, shuffle them up, redraw, and that's how you start intensifying your deck, getting greater powers, more to spend, and yep. having a greater effect on the game. And then the fourth phase is uh, you prep. So you prep ready for your next turn. So, And that's key because that's how the game goes quickly. If you wait yeah. until, if you don't draw out, if you don't prep, uh, by the time it comes around to you next time, then everybody's got to watch you draw out all of your cards up to three. And then you say, am I going to push? Am I not? Uh, you can just prep. You can just get to those three and then stop. And that's, in, that's interesting. You can't push whilst you're waiting for everyone else because you might push, scoop, and then when it comes around to you, everyone's like, did you have your go? And you're like, oh, I don't know. And so don't do that. Just, just <laughs> do your prep phase, set it up, and then, have, and then push or don't push from that point onwards. And yeah. that's where the game gets going pretty quickly then. Yes, and I think that's it what... Is, it is a really good design feature that everyone's doing something while it's not their turn to. Yeah, that's always a tricky I thing in a game. I seem to remember Todd talking about that very thing uh, when, we, when we spoke to him. Yeah. Uh, he was saying how... It's, it's downtime where everybody killer. downtime is very low because everyone's doing something during other players' turns. So you're preparing, and to a degree, unfair was very much like that as well. Mm. You're actually doing well, this things you, during other. You can do turns. the prep phase, and as you've looked, you can count up what mana you've got to spend. And if mm. you've got four, you can look at the trade row and go, "Well, is there anything that I want to buy? Do I want a five or a six card that's out there?" And you're doing that whole thing where you're hoping other players aren't going to buy it. When it comes around to you, you might go, "Right, that card that's going to really make a difference for me is still out there. I'll push." Yeah. Or or what? You've already sort of made that decision, so it could be a pretty fast-paced game. You do cut through your deck very, very quickly. So there's lots of shuffling. Well, it's uh, twenty cards in a deck. Is that right? That's it, and it doesn't change. Yeah, and um, yeah. yeah, and you can have long runs of of especially as you intensify things like go through your draw pile, get a card, ditch it, put it straight into your discard pile, so you can go get those nasty cards out that are coming up. But that oh, that's that's an interesting sort of pro tip slash cheaty tip. <laughs> if the deck is reasonably small, you can tell like so so um, some cards say go look at your draw pile. Uh, take out a card that you don't want, put it into your discard pile, shuffle up the rest, put them back down. Yeah. If, it's, if there's only four or five cards in that pile, or three or four cards at least, maybe something like that, you can tell which cards are the, which ones by the thickness of them yeah. because they've got different, uh, they've got the diff- more, more cards being inserted into them because they've, uh, and so they've increased in thickness. So if you know one's thicker than the rest and that's the good card, it's kind of hard not to, it's, you know, you want to shuffle up and just be fair about it, but you kind of know where it is. Like you can tell you shuffle four cards up. If there's a thick one on the bottom and you're going, that's the good card, do you, you, know, you know, it's does, like, does do that you just leave change? It, you know? uh, what, what, one thing, and that yeah. was a downside for me. 
was that as the as your deck got thicker because of the extra sleeves, especially if you had the if you were building onto the the blank ones, mm-hmm. you were adding three cards to those rather yeah. than than one or two, and they'll usually become um, good ones because they're cards that you've bought. That's right. Um, I found that when I'm shuffling, just they they the dispersal of those cards didn't seem. <laughs> to be fairly even, and even though I was legitimately shuffling, or at least I believe I was, I don't think uh, it would I shuffle it at all differently. But I, I no, definitely I, I sound the fact you can feel fair. where the cards are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I guess that. But I mean, that's a minimal thing. If you're doing it, enjoying talking to others, thinking about your next move, praying you're not going to to uh, spoil. Then I guess you're not really too worried about that, but don't be um, cheaty. Don't be cheaty. Anyway, another pro tip I've got is, um, as, uh, in addition to that prep while other people play to get the game flow, I also think, like if you've played Magic, if you haven't played Magic, what you should do is always announce what you are doing when it comes back to you. So you're saying, I am going to push, or I'm not going to push, I'm now looking to spend this, or I'm buying this one for two mana, and here it is going down, I'm not going to put it into my sleeve just yet, and I've got three mana left, I'm now going to buy this one, that's my go, I'm now going to sleeve up, onto you, Matt. Use Um, the language. Yeah, and and announce what you're going to do, because it's very easy to get, like, you know, just like grab a card, then, you know, pay, underpay for something, overpay for something. If everyone can check and balance what you've been doing at the end of the round, it's just a nice, easy way just to make sure that the game's been played fairly. Mm. So I'm not watching your prep phase. No, because uh, you're kind I'm of doing your own. Yeah. What I'm doing. Or your actual go. My, you're uh, prepping. My pro tip for the whole thing would be that there's more than one path to victory. Uh, and you, while it's very difficult, your first game probably to wrap your head around all the different symbols in the game. Uh, watch out for those those permanent powers that you can buy because mm. um, they can they can give you a good advantage over, over the long term. Yes. Yeah, they can so. grab you extra victory points as you go. Uh, we, I think Matt and I lost a couple of times to Travis who just power played for the instant victory points and I, don't, I think he's undefeated when he's played he's, just from taking that He was actually really good and, yeah. and he had a very sound strategy which was go for those cards that netted him the victory points during his turn. Yeah. Not so much waiting for the ones that <clears throat> pop up at the end of the game. Uh, he, was, he was literally targeting... The clock. He was trying to beat the clock. Yeah, he was. Because also that makes the game shorter. If you can grab those cards earlier, scoop up the victory points from the pool, the shared pool, then the game will go through quicker. If you're avoiding that and trying to build a strong deck, then you'll probably lose that kind of guy. And that's Mm. maybe what Matt and I were trying to do, was we were trying to play around with the game and see what it would could do for us and uh didn't do anything for us no well, one thing i found is i we, i didn't <laughs> really have lost. didn't really have access to those tier uh to those uh level veil three, cards. Le- well i was gonna say the level three advancements i found it very hard to get to those whether my draws were the problem or um or, or what i it's hard to say but uh the level three advancements were hard for me to get and then getting the symbols to match the veil cards was also very challenging because the way they come out, you only see uh, you only see eight of them, I think it is, at a time. I think it's eight. Yeah, eight at yeah. a time. So you don't that's, – and that's all you can see. They do replenish once they've been picked up. But like but in if, Splendor, if you can target cards, them. 
Well, what I found was the cards that were in the commons, if they didn't match any of the symbols that were in the veil cards, then you kind of you've got no strategy for going for the veil cards because you're not going to be able to get them. There's a few uh, commons cards which allow you to treat other cards with a certain symbol as any type, which mm. is great uh, if you can get hold of those. But for the most part, I found myself looking, yeah, well, all those cards out there in front of me, none of them match the symbols on the Veil cards, so that's not really a strategy for me. There's, you look, you look at things like this, like there's the Veil, this is, I'm looking at the Veil cards now, level one Veil cards, there's one called the World Tree. Um, it's got two symbol, two different symbols on it, and you get two victory points at the end of the game, right? Yeah. So that seems doable. Okay, get a bit of a payback. I get two victory points. But look at this one over here, Wellspring Glade. It's got one, two, three, six, six symbols on it. Yeah, doubles. Never got even anywhere close that no. to that. So there's another way of playing this game that we did not touch on, Matt. Uh, do, do you have any? Did you find that, Jamie? Do you get into the Veil cards deep? Yeah. Look- sort of both to be quite successful if you focus on on the strategy. Yeah. So going into the mail cards is really cool, and if you get lots of stuff to let you buy them, yeah, you can do really, really well out of them. Um, but uh, at the same time, buying better money is always good, and buying victory points is always good, and really, as long as you focus on something, I think you're doing pretty well. Yeah, I think that's not bad. That's probably a good pro tip is just to be able to play it through a few times, get get a vibe for it, and then when you when you come, go in for that third or fourth time, start looking at the overall board, see what um, veil card symbols are available to you, and see if there's a payoff for it, uh, and decide your strategy there. If there's a lot of cards in the trade row that are all about the the he- it's just the helmet really that um, that uh, has a multiplier and as a, as a broader effect. Uh, if there's a lot of helmet cards around, maybe you want to try and scoop them up and get some sort of uh, multiplying card effect. Um, I'm just trying to see if there's a yeah. Well, there's, there's a thing where it says um, this 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 card is worth one victory point or one instant victory point for each helmet in your deck. And oh, that's in in the end game. Yeah. There's no. So in my hand right now, I am holding the Veil of the Wild expansion. Ah, um, expansions. Which uh, has just come out recently. It's got some very cool additions to the game. It's got uh, leaders that uh, uh, that you can add to your clan. Who um, clan leaders will give you some extra little powers. And um, it's got a whole bunch of cards that do things while they're on your while they're on deck. So if you flip into them and and they're on the top of your deck, you get a bonus. Really interesting stuff. So, uh, talking about expansions, yeah, let's do the expansions. There's, uh, so the Veil of the Wild, Jamie, you just mentioned. Prior to that was the Veil of Magic. Uh, then there's a few individual cards, uh, and then a few. It looks like, oh, like there's one, like two convention specials or something. Like yeah, and about. then it looks like there's another two expansions coming out later this year: Mana Storm and Fields of Bounty. So. Uh, yeah, so which is great. It means there's lots of ways to expand this game. It seems and there are different mechanics. You can tournament play this one yes, as well. Yes, there's organised play for it. Mm. Uh, the thing I found is there's very little player interaction. Jamie, did the expansions fix that? Um, well, I haven't seen all of them, so uh, I can't really comment to it. But uh, is um, in Vale of the Wild, for example, does that add player interaction? Vale of the Wild adds a little bit of stuff. Uh, yeah, look, there's, there's definitely ways that you can. Um, 
that you have sort of blanket effects that might affect your opponents. I'm thinking so things not- like uh, make it force an opponent to remove a fertile soil from one of their cards, you know, yes, turn it into that, a cursed sort of land or something it's like that. It's not targeted. Hmm. It's not so, so it's not a specific opponent, but there is stuff that will say, you know, all of your opponents, while this is on top of your deck, you know, have less money to spend or uh, have an extra curse symbol or that sort of thing. Yeah, there's, there's very little take that in this game. It's, it's very much do your own thing and then after 35 to 40 minutes or to an hour, you look up and say, oh, Matt, you were playing. Uh, it looks like I've beaten you. <laughs> Which is very Euro. Yeah. Um, my pro tip is when it comes to packing this game down, uh, make sure you pack it away in its little spot types. Um, yeah, but packing for ease to, like that way it's it a deck builder. It... We're very picky about this. This yes. is not a problem to pack up. No. Or, this is not right. legendary. This is not legendary. This is very, very easy yeah. to do to, to manage. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's nothing wrong. The components themselves, if we talk about those for a little bit, they're very nice. Uh, the sleeves, they go together well. Nothing's obscured. The, ins- um, the inserts the have a, a clear sleeve rip-off, which you leave yes. on for a as, for as while, and they start to bubble, and then you can just take it off, and it's yeah. fine. What do you think of that? That probably adds to the thickness a little bit inside, So, yeah. but, but marginal. Too marginal. Um, yeah. my, the my, artwork's nice. My pro tip, uh, it might have been picked up on. I don't know if we got this covered on our Instagram account. Yeah, we have one. Um, mm-hmm. Is uh, playing a white tablecloth. Uh, if you play on a green or stripy cloth, it's uh, it's not pleasant. <laughs> yeah. I can't even remember why, but I've written that down. That was Mystic Veil pro tip number one in my phone here. So another thing that's really important when you're thinking about sort of expansions for this game is that this game exists because AEG was presented with another game called Edge of Darkness. Right. It's a much, much bigger game and much more involved and had this as a mechanic in it. And they were like, we can't publish this because people don't know this mechanic at all. This is this is actually new. <laughs> yeah. So we have to make a game out of that mechanic first. Then we can publish Edge of Darkness, which uses that mechanic as a as a part of the game. Wow. And Edge of Darkness is a game that's out there? It's not out there yet. No. It's um, It's been playtested at a whole bunch of the American cons. Uh, I'm hoping to get a good look at it at Gen Con. All right. Sweet. So that's going to take this mechanic and take it another couple of steps further is that a is that a john d Clare game as well sure is right. so yeah my understanding is that it um it's sort of an area control dudes on a map thing but you're deck building in this style to uh to control the the dudes on your map and uh add new dudes and do stuff all right it sounds like it might have a bit more uh take that to it if it's got a yeah, area I, I control thing. So. yeah all right, that's, that could be cool. All right, so Mystic Veil is your intro to Edge of Darkness. Think of it that way. Yeah, so, well, that, that's good. So it could lead into other things. Um, hopefully it might be some sort of persistent world, which would be interesting, nice themed um, cohesiveness, I guess. Uh, yeah. So, so what's, your, what's your overall takeaway from this, Matt? Or Jamie, whoever wants to go first. Me personally... Yeah, what's, uh, yeah, no, I'll go first. Um, me personally... I found the f- the playthroughs we did enjoyable. Okay, it was mm-hmm. it was okay. It was a fine game. I liked some of the mechanics. I liked the novelty of the fact that the it's something that hasn't been done before. It was very easy to get up and running with very little miscommunication or <laughs> yeah. or misinterpretation it's always of rules. That, yeah. um, however, I don't think I was 
chomping at the bit to play again. Yeah. Uh, after that. I think I was the same. Like, like I said to him when we were unwrapping this, I said, look, I'd, I'd play you right now, Matt, uh, and I'd enjoy it. Mm. And I always enjoy playing it. But once I've finished playing it once for the evening, I don't want to play it again. I didn't find it moorish, but I didn't find it off-putting or not want to play it again. Yeah. So I, if, if everyone has similar experiences to that, it's one of those games that you'd, you'd crack out early in, in the night or halfway through the night, you'd play for an hour, and then you'd break into another game. You wouldn't be... Yeah. Would, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's one of those games where you could just go, you could marathon it all night long. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie? I, I will openly admit I'm a sucker for deck building games. Yeah. I, I think they're really cool. And I do feel like I could play a night of Mystic Veil. Vale. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think especially now that I'm looking at some of the expansion stuff, yeah. I, I think there's a lot in this game and a lot of different ways that you go about it when you have the experience of playing multiple plays. Um, it well, does lack for player interaction, but... That can be nice sometimes, you know. Not every game has to mm. be um, has to be a head to head thing. Hey, and I think that's pretty consistent with how we roll out with many of the games. I think you have said before, like Matt and I prefer a little bit of the the American gamer, a little bit more of that. Take that, and uh, you lean towards more of the Euro gamers. Yeah. So, so, and I think that's that's fair. Not every game is for yeah. everyone, but even Matt and I are saying that we, we like the game, but it's yeah, not. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not and an all-nighter. If we had the opportunity to play some of those expansions, well, the one or the two expansions that are out, then you know that could change easily change the play experience for us. But uh, as we've only got the your copy here in front of us, uh, then that's all we've got to yeah. go on. Jamie's copy is very good, and we'll uh, try and hold on to it for as long as we can. Yeah, well, I'm going to be <laughs> certainly while this one's in circulation, I'm going to be giving this a go uh, on a Thursday night on the first Thursday of the month. To uh, yeah, to show people at Cannington how to play. So. Cannington goods games. Whew, what a treat to yeah. get. Uh, Matt Come down, once, learn to play with me. Yeah, once a month, Matt's going to play you through the uh, whatever game of the month is. That's it. Sweet. So yeah, so there's that to look forward to, and certainly I I've got absolutely no objection to pulling this game off the shelf. No, uh, I I would. Uh, given the 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 graphic design of the cards, the actual layouts is a tad uh, overwhelming at times especially no. if you've got especially if you've got a card that's got a lot of text so you're loading up cards multiple cards with multiple text boxes plus one down the side that's a lot of text on one card and then each each one of those boxes comes into play with its own specific it's, rule. It's fine, so Matt. For it's a fine. New, <laughs> for a new player coming into this game I think that could be a little bit intimidating. We were new players not too long ago. I know. Look, I think no, I don't. I don't know, but I are on the side of I like things to be. I like I like great art and great presentation in a game. Yeah, you know, I've been I've admitted to that loads of times, and I don't mind it being a game being overwhelming in art and presentation in some ways that you can then find your way into the game, and then once you understand the game and you're playing it regularly, it just looks glorious in front of you because it's so colourful. But I I didn't find this to be overwhelming. In as far as there'd been too much, it didn't feel like the the helmet logo. I was expecting to see other logos that would do things, but no, nah, there, there was there was the helmet logo was the only one, and I think you got used to that pretty quick. And the mm. and the um, the veil card logos equate to veil card cards, so yeah, I don't know, each to their own. I don't think that this is a, I don't think this is an entry level game, but I, it's not really complex. I think if you 
played a deck builder before, any deck builder, you can probably handle Mystic Veil. Yeah, I think so. And and it's easier to teach as well. If you've got someone, if you've got someone that can guide you through it, you'll have it in a snap. You know, it's completely con- contradictory to what I was saying. Yeah. If I'm going to do teach people how to play this, yes, <laughs> I want them to be new players to come in. Actually, I want to be, so. Even though I said the card can be a little bit overwhelming if you've got yeah. too much text going on in the card, I want this to be able to for new players to walk in experience this game, have a good time and walk away with a positive play experience wanting to pick up the game themselves or, you know, even better, put themselves down in the... Uh, put a comment down on the Facebook page and try and win it. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. So that, that's, that's the aim. Give but players um, what they want, which is to have a good time. You do not go into a board game or card game or any other sort of game expecting to have a bad time. Hey, look, we, we, we did give it the ultimate play test. Uh, you know, boring hot, uh, airport for the whole day <laughs> and played it and we had a great time. That was fine. Yeah. I mean, it kept us interested. It's a great game. Great, great uh, set of mechanics. Great concept. Great artwork. Um, the rule book's very uh, good. Very the reference card is, is great. It's good for if you like Euro gamers. Yep. That's um, if, you, if you're wanting to, if I'd recommend it. If you've had a bad day with your mate or during the week, or your or your girlfriend slash wife, and you're wanting to give her a bit of take that, or him, you know, you want to have some sly revenge through the form of a board game. Misty Vale isn't for you. No, go you play Love Letter or something. Yeah, go, no, do something a bit more hateful. No. Smash up. You smash up the hateful game. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. There you go. <laughs> oh play yeah, smash up. smash up is a hateful game. Well, there you go. AUG's got it covered, <laughs> haven't they? It's time for Matt's quiz. I love this that. This brought to you by Jamie. Yeah, <laughs> Matt's quiz by, by Jamie. Jamie. Because it's nowhere near as confusing enough already. Yeah. All right, Jamie, we're going to hand over the quiz to you. Have you a pen, pencil, or other writing implement? Alternatively, I don't know, a quill and a vein, and some paper. The great thing is, is David comes fully prepared for this. He he gives me a nice printout of the uh, the run sheet, and it has a blank spot at the end, at the back. Yeah. Sweet. So I thought right I'd... Then. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Let me deliver upon to you question one of the Druid-themed... Matt's quiz by Jamie. <laughs> right. Go for it. Druid Question one. Friend. Shit. How many druid creatures are there in Magic the Gathering currently? Ooh. Is it, is it A, 22, B, 33, or C, 44? Now, what do you mean by Magic currently? In Standard? Or, oh, oh, good question. No, I mean in all of the sets... Up to and not including oh. Tower of Devastation. <laughs> All right. How many <laughs> druid creatures? Okay. Wow, I like your numbers, and, though. And I'll throw you a bone here. There are four cards that are druids or druid in the name that are not creatures. All right. That's actually not a bone at all. It doesn't help you in no. the least, but I thought it was an interesting fact. Yeah, that is interesting. So, druid... so answer A is 22, answer B, 33, answer C... 44. How many druid creatures in all of magic? <laughs> all of magic. Okay. Which means there are like there are minotaur druids, right? And there are elven druids, and there are well, yeah, there'll be a few elven ones. That'll, that'll, Would there be like be I, I don't imagine there'd be any vampire druids or 
werewolf druids. Werewolf druids. No. Well, would they actually? Would do some interesting things in magic. There'd be like werewolf shaman, yeah. wouldn't there? I'd like to see if Aaron would get that one right. But anyway. All right. Got it. Question two. In Dungeons and Dragons, at what level do druids Ooh. gain the wild shape ability, which allows them to transform into animals? Wow, man, that's a good... Imagine that, like an RPG quiz on all of those, you know, what's a ranger called at, like, level 35? You know, they've got yeah. those weird... Uh, yeah, yeah, different different. So what, yeah. what edition are we talking about? We're talking about 5th edition D&D. The current one? Oh, that, oh, really? Oh, okay, I'll change my answer then. <laughs> and so, in Dungeons and Dragons, at what level do druids gain the wild shape ability, allowing them to transform into animals? Oh, all right. Um, well, see, if it was we, fifth, edi- if it was fourth edition, we'd be answering with heroic paragon. Um, I've, got, <laughs> I've know, got no idea. But yeah, and they would be able to do it x times per day with a cooldown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. I'm trying to get. I'm trying well, to get. You, look, I'll throw you. I'll throw you a bone here, David. Yeah. The number is less than ten. Oh, really? Okay, so I'll rub out twenty-two, <laughs> and I'll change that. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Question three: Name the science fiction film in which planet Druidia appears. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Druidia. Sounds <laughs> Druidia. Okay. <laughs> Name sounds... the science fiction film in which planet Druidia appears. Home of a Druish princess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds... All right, question four. <laughs> this one's a true or false question, so your answer should be either true or false. Okay, I can't false. Stu- can't stuff that up. All right, true or false? Yeah. Stonehenge was built by druids. <laughs> yep, I know the answer. And I've got a good reason behind it too. I will be curious to hear your <laughs> reasoning, sir. Alright, question five. In traditional Matt's quiz style, I've, I've gone for utterly different formats for every question. Yeah. Um, so, for this one, I'm going to ask you, which of the following characters is a druid? I'm going to read you a list of characters now. You've got to you've got to tell me which of these is a druid. Okay, gotcha. So, your first guy, Doctor Druid from the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Your second guy. Wait, wait. Sorry, are, are they real? No, that's the question. No, man. no, no, no. What I mean, <laughs> what I mean is, is are they real characters, and or are they made some of them made up like out of the air characters? When you say real, do you mean like non-fictional? <laughs> I just realised the art. Yeah, <laughs> we're, uh, we're about to break Matt's heart by telling him that the Avengers don't really exist yeah, in, in real that's life. Right. I'm sorry about. Yeah. You can't actually what? go to Avengers Tower. <laughs> okay, so let me rephrase. Yeah, are these all real? Fictional characters, or are they made-up <laughs> fiction <laughs> characters? You see why we've got a problem with Matt's quiz every fucking week? This is exactly. Uh, These characters are all characters from literary sources, which you. I will cite for you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> your first option is Dr. Druid from the Avengers. Is he a real your druid? S- your second option is Bayon from The Hobbit. Oh, yeah. Your third option is Radagast the Brown from The Hobbit. Shit, don't remember that guy. Your fourth option is Merlin the Magician from the Arthurian legend. Mm-hmm. 
Your fifth option is Talisen from the Arthurian legend. Your sixth option is Get a Fix from Asterix. What? Hey, I'll, I'll have to re- after Matt's confused me as to what the question is now, but yeah, okay, finish, finish the list. And, your, uh, and uh, your seventh option is Papa Smurf from the Smurfs. All right, now what was... <laughs> I love it. What is the question? Which one of these is a real druid? So, which... So, there may be multiple correct answers. Oh, okay. Which, which, which of those characters is a druid? Oh. I'll read through the list again. Yeah. It's Dr. Oh. Druid from the Avengers, Bayorn from The Hobbit, Radagast the Brown from The Hobbit, Merlin the Magician from the Arthurian Legend, Taliesin from the Arthurian Legend, Get a Fix from Asterisk, and Papa Smurf from the Smurfs. Right. So for each of those, if they if they're a, if you think they're a druid, put a tick. <laughs> well, I I know two for sure because I did research on them, and you heard that earlier on in the show. And I okay. heard that one too. Yeah. Question six. Uh, six. This is the sixth question. Actual druids in history left no writings about themselves, despite the fact that they were all literate. Why? Okay. Okay. Usual reason. Actual, actual druids from history left no writings about themselves, despite all of them being literate. Why didn't they do it? Right. Got it. Oh, is that, a, is that a clue? This is, this is the Seven Land Hand seventh question. Yeah, yeah. What is Therianope? Give us a spell on that. T-H-E-R-I-A-N-T-H-R-O-P-Y. Can you, use it, can you use it in a sentence? No, because that would give it away, wouldn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the druid <clears throat> used his therianthropy. <laughs> um, right. Uh, okay, cool. I'm good. I might not have the right, right answer, but I'm good. I'm, I'm okay with that. I have the answers for you, so so let me provide some of them. Are you good, David? Uh, I'm just um, finishing. Uh, Opie. Uh, Therianthropy. Therianthropy. Thropy. Thropy. Oh, thropy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll work on that as we uh, work through the rest. Okay, sure. All right, so question one, how many druid creatures are there in Magic the Gathering? Matt, was it 22, 33, or 44? I believe it's uh, 33, Jamie. Oh, no. no, David, what do you think? It's 44. Okay, the correct answer was 33. Oh! Matt scores the magic point. Uh, Hooray! That's me delivering it with a smug voice. Do not expect me to name them. All right. Uh, number two, one of them is the uh, one of them is a very expensive devoted druid. Uh, he's highly highly chased card for modern play. Uh, ironically, he's a common. Would right. f- would fog be considered a druid card? No, it would be considered an excellent card. Yeah. All right. Question two uh, was in Dungeons and Dragons. What level do druids gain the wild shape ability, allowing them to transform into animals? That is level. Well, I won't tell you. Yeah. David, what do you think? <laughs> 
Number seven. Level seven. Level seven. And Matt. Utter rubbish. It's level five. Five. Okay. We are talking about fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons here. That ability is granted to druids at level two. Ah, well. Well. Sounds like they get it before they should. Yeah. yeah, clearly, yeah. Is Those it, druids are too good. They're overpowered. Is it like that? Uh, Do they get OP real quick? It's not like you have to work forever, like in second edition where you have to play for six years just to be able to do something yeah, yeah. really average? I think that is about instant gratification. Okay. All right, question three. Matt, can you name the science fiction film in which planet Druidia appears? I can, but I would like to see if David knows it. Oh, I see. All right, well, we'll, we'll go. I tell you what, if he gets it, if he gets it, I will give him what my point for question one. <laughs> if you right, guess, but you can see what I've written. No, I can't. I haven't looked. Okay, well, now I should think harder because I wrote the only. I thought, well, that sounds like a spoof sci-fi. So I wrote the only spoof sci-fi I know, which is Spaceballs. You've got my point. Really? You yeah, have, that's the answer. You have just swung the lead. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, stupid, stupid bet. All right. All right. <laughs> I love Spaceballs, so I had to work it into any quiz that I was doing. <laughs> um, all right, question four was true or false? Stonehenge is built by Druid. David, by Druids, sorry. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was built by a whole bunch of, like, um, harvesting land-loving hippies, but they were just sort of misguided and wandering around. So I'm saying no. And Matt, what do you think? I said, also said false because they were, of course, built by the ancient space architects. Oh, okay, yes. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. All right, well, uh, you are both correct. Yeah. Hooray. Uh, Stonehenge, Stonehenge was built closer to 2000 BC, uh, according to carbon dating, and Druids didn't actually appear until about 400 BC. So... They did not build Stonehenge. They just stepped in afterwards and claimed it as their own. (laughs) All right. I was just lying around. Uh, So, Matt, can you give me your list of characters that you think are druids from the list? Okay. Uh, In reverse order. Papa Smurf. Why do you have to make it awkward? Is a druid because I am getting my own back. I don't know. Papa Smurf is a druid. Get a fix is a druid. Um, Talisan. Talisan is not a druid. Um, uh, Mess Merlin. Mer- uh, Merlin. You've heard of him? Merlin, yeah. Merlin <laughs> is a druid. Uh, Ratagas is not a druid. Bjorn is a druid, and Doctor Druid is not a druid. Okay, and David, uh, in, yeah. in the correct order, please. In the correct <laughs> order, like a normal person might, Matt. <laughs> I'm going for Dr. Druid isn't, because that's a bit too obvious. Bjorn, I don't think he is, even though he can change into a bear and all that sort of shit. I've never heard of Radagast, so nah, he's, he's, he's dead to me. Um, <laughs> Merlin definitely is, according to my research. Um, Talisan, I've never heard of him, so same rule as um, Radagast. Get a fix is, and Popper Smurf is. So I've gone for Merlin, Get a fix, and Popper Smurf. Okay, well, this is this is going to be the classic uh, Matt's quiz argument, I'm sure. But here <coughs> are the characters that uh, that are druids are from that list. Good. Doctor Druid is a druid. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Bayorn is not a druid. Oh. Yeah. Radagast the Brown is a druid. Oh, Remember? I got that the wrong way around. 
I, I'm surprised you, Radagast is like he's the brown wizard. Yeah, but uh, he's, like that's why Gandalf I, is the grey and uh, and yeah, Saruman with the mushrooms like, and stuff growing out of him and the bird in his hat and stuff. But he yeah, wasn't yeah, in exactly. the Hobbit, was he? He was only yeah. in the movie. McCoy in the movies. Yeah. But I thought um, Bjorn was because isn't he the one that turns into the, the bear? bear? He does indeed turn into a bear, but that's not a druidy that, thing. He is not. Yeah, is. Ever described or is talked it? about as a druid. Oh, okay. He's just I suppose it is. Mate, he must be a level two. He must be playing level two <laughs> D. He's a level two, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe he's like from that Russian superhero movie that's coming out. Yes. But, <laughs> have yeah. you seen the trailer for that? Yes. Guardians of yeah. Wizards. It looks <laughs> that's amazing. Right. That's yeah, crazy good. good. I All think right. we got that on the um, Merlin the Magician. Yeah. From the Arthurian legend is not a druid. Ooh. Uh he was written as a druid by Marion Zimmer Bradley in Shadows of Avalon, uh, Mists of Avalon, sorry. But uh, most legends cite him as being a magician. So or a I, wizard, I, I googled a famous druids. If you do this at home right now, famous druids, <laughs> and number four, or five on the list is Merlin from the Arthurian legend. Oh, he's not. Look, he's, he's a conjurer. Look, I, I definitely saw that in my research. I'm willing to give you the point. Yeah, but. Uh, but what you'll find in uh, most of the readings is that Taliesin is the druid in the Arthurian legends who um, becomes a part of the round table and works with them. Uh-huh. Uh, so Taliesin is a druid. Ooh, controversy. I know, I know. <laughs> we will take it outside. Marky of Queensbury rules. Right, so I think I've scored um, nothing so far. That's what I've worked out. <laughs> I've, I've got, yeah, nothing. Same. Yeah, you, got, nothing. you got nothing? No, All right. got nothing Ooh, it's well. come down to get a fix and uh, pop a smurf. So, get a fix is a druid, yes. absolutely. I think we both and said Papa this. Smurf is not a druid. He oh. never turns into an animal. He uh, he lives in a forest, I suppose, but so does every Smurf. Come on, uh, Papa Smurf turns into an animal. Have you seen him around? Um, uh, he's got a beard girly, around Girly Smurf. No, he turns into a right animal. He's got a grey beard. So hang on, <laughs> let's just narrow this down. So to be a druid, you've got to be able to turn into an animal. Is that the is that the thing? Is he that made, what you're saying? He that, that, that is not the stuff. thing. No, druid, no. druidism. Druidic culture is far more extensive than turning into animals. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought Matt was just dropping that in there. It's it's pretty much online with what Mystic Vale's about, isn't it? It's all supposed to be hippie, earth hugging, tree hugging. It's it's yeah, like a connection with nature and yeah. uh, and tent land and that sort of thing. A druid's it's, supposed to be celibate because you know he's totally not well, in the Smurfette. Cool. You know what it is? <laughs> it's it's um, like being a social worker before they invented social workers is what it is. My research was actually looking at, it was talking about how <laughs> druids are described in history. Um, and very often they're sort of uh, traveling judges. Uh, they, they sort of go around administering uh, law and, uh, and settling disputes and that sort of thing as well. Yeah, right. So uh, they're, they're very interesting figures historically. Oh, cool. Interesting story. Uh, I watched an episode of MacGyver recently in which MacGyver was teleported back to. Uh, King Arthur's court, and he had to solve a problem using only his. Who was paper MacGyver? Clip. Yeah, MacGyver. Oh my yeah. god! Why are you watching MacGyver for? <laughs> it, it was just on. Uh, and, and Merlin was a character. He was like a bumbling. He was more like a bumbling conjurer than a uh, wizard. <laughs> Be careful! No spoonerisms there, please. Can you imagine going around <laughs> a Matt's down. place and uh, and just like walking into you know it's like it's movie weekend with Matt. You know, you walk into the front room there and it's all like MacGyver and Lost DVDs <laughs> lying around you. Like, oh my god! I'm just going to always think of him as a cumbling bun bunger now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you have to. Question six. 
the next uh, Seven Land Hound badge, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Question six. Actual druids left no writings about themselves despite all being literate. Why was this David? Um, usually, I think um, back in those days, uh, Christians would go around killing everyone if they're pagans and stuff. So they didn't want to put anything down like evidence. Like that they might be up to something and get killed off for witchcrafty sort of stuff. So I think they were going uh, covert for those reasons. Oh, interesting theory. Matt, what have you, what have you got? Well, I think it's actually been documented right. that uh, they didn't believe in using feathers to write with, so they never wrote anything down. Bloody hell, that's a good answer. Yeah. Um, there, there is some truth in both of the things you've said. It was actually strictly against their doctrine to write down anything about themselves. Uh, they, they felt that that was, um, that that was taking the focus off what, what, what the focus Big should be on. So they weren't allowed to write about themselves or their own doctrine. Ah. Well, there you go. Stupid um, rules. All right. <laughs> All right, and last question here, question seven. What is therianthropy? Matt. Okay. The study of um, um, theories and rope and how they work together. <laughs> David. All right, I'll, I put down a, an archivist or collector of Arthurian legend. Oh, that's a good oh, answer. It sounds legit, that's doesn't it? That's a clever it? answer. Yeah. I like that one. <laughs> All right. What what if I used the word lycanthropy? Would you know what that was? Yeah, that's yes. uh, turning into a well of wolves. Yeah, werewolves. Mm-hmm. I was I was trying to think. Therianthropy is the more general form of an, a human turning into an animal. Oh right. Oh. So not so, not uh, turning into a theorist or a no, you're not or turning an, into a theorist <laughs> or an archivist of Arthurian legend. <laughs> mm. I liked your answer. Right, that was a good answer. Yeah, so, mine well, was crap. Tallying up all the points and uh, adding in the random points that I've added for laughter, um, (laughs) it seems that the runaway winner by a stolen margin of two is David. That hasn't happened before. Luckily, the points don't matter. There we go. (laughs) I have one. That for this this edition of Seven Land Hand has been Matt's Quiz. Matt's Quiz. Brought to you by Jamie. It's Nates and Tools. Nates and Tools. Oh, um, so uh, last month we were talking about uh, Isle of Sky. That went yes. well. Got generated yes. a, a ton of comments on the uh, on the Facebook page, and not a single one of them. Seventy-four comments. All <laughs> the comments. All the comments. Not a single comment was about uh, shitty Scottish accents. Yeah, which was good because we veered away from that. That's right. Mainly because I work with a few. I don't know how upset they get when um, people try to do stuff about their accents. So, yeah. We were grown up and mature in that front, I think. You know, it's funny. I've, I have a Scottish lady working for me you, at okay. school. You're going to blow it she, now, are Well, every time, she loves it if we pretend to do the accents. And she says, yeah, that's not too bad. Don't, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's only in the privacy of the classroom. Yeah. Have you got a few notable mentions from uh, last month? Or potential winners? Because they're not excluded by having something great to have commented. No. I got one. I really liked Steve Stock's comment. So, look, I'm going to put it out there. This is not a, this is not a hilarious, uproarious comment. This is just a really sweet little one. He says Scotland's on his bucket list, and the box art alone has his wife interested in playing. So, thank you for the chance. Well, that's good. People don't thank us very often, so I really like that. Yeah. Any idea box art's appealing? It certainly is. Yeah, the, the thanks are nice. Uh, that's, that's, it's, it's quite a good one to have. And I had one come through 
um, on uh, the Good Games Cannington line uh, as well. Mm. And someone was just sending the love, going, Good Games Cannington, don't stop being you. I was like, <laughs> as I went curled into a fetal position and cried for half an hour, but in a good way, in a good way. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to shout out to uh, Ewan McLeod, who uh, vits- visited the Isle of Skye when he was 10 to visit his old castle. Oh, that's right. I remember yeah. this. Castle Dunvegan. Because I started trying to hit him Dun up being for a vegan. when he reclaims it as part of his uh, family heritage that we will do a podcast from his yeah. family castle. So apparently the castle is the seat of Clan MacLeod and is the oldest constantly lived-in castle in the world. Uh, such a beautiful place and he'd love to go back one day. Yeah, Scotland well, is hopefully pretty... he could go back, maybe he could go back with a copy of Isle of Skye under his wing. And that's the thing, or, like, um, Scotland is an amazing place. I, it is one of my genuine favourite places. I went there as a kid and, uh, and loved it and I went back a couple of years ago and loved it as well. And and people like slag it off, you know, like pretty quick. Especially, I'm not going to say who, but just people, 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 people. Especially the train spotting movie, they tend to slag it off. What do you mean? They they slag it off, yeah. But they have a right to. They're they're that, locals. That, fair but if you just go, just do it now. Do it now if you're at home. Google Scottish beaches. For, no, you're laughing, see Matt. No, I'm you not do laughing. it. You do it. <laughs> they're the most beautiful looking beaches you will ever Look, see. I'll do it right now. They are fantastic looking places. <laughs> and you think that's a joke, right? Because it's always going to be cold. Yeah. I'm not saying go there. I'm saying look at them because they are amazing. Um, have we got any? Have we got any else? I had a, I had a couple of um, really good conversations this this month. I found out that Paul Butcher, who uh, wrote us the uh, Three More Than You Need song. Uh, he was he was born uh, just a couple of miles down the down the coast from where I was born, which was exciting. I never knew that. And then, uh, oh, that's right. I had a, I think it was Troy Cleary. We had a chat about forty k, forty k. But yeah. that's what it's all about. The whole thing is just about having a chat, having a bit of a having a bit of a laugh. If we can if we can scrape one together through the month, it gets us through the working week, having a laugh, remembering that we're gamers. All right, I'm going to put this out there. I just googled Scottish beaches. Look at that. It's beautiful and. I would have thought that this is easily a picture of a Tropical beach island, on, right? on the eastern, east coast, central. <laughs> He's got real specific here. Yeah, central <laughs> coast. Um, it's beautiful. Looks, yeah. looks like a beautiful blue water. There, oh, look, there's some sheep. Yeah, that's a bit of a strange one, that. <laughs> I haven't seen that. But, yeah, you don't always get the sheep in the photos. Anyway, new, news from around the gaming world, especially uh, as far as good games is concerned. We've got some news about uh, Dragon Ball Z. Jamie, explain this one to us. What's going on there? Yeah, so there's a new Dragon Ball Z card game coming out. And right. uh, in the next couple of weeks, you'll find there's good game stores all over the country running uh, learn-to-play events and release events and uh, making it available for people to get into. Um, look, at, Dragon Ball Z is not my thing personally, but uh, all the hype is uh, is there, and it looks like it's going to have a really good community, and the cards look really good. I've, I've seen them. I've had a bit of a play. You know, it's a really good-looking game. Yeah, people, people are going bonkers about this. I mean, obviously, if you're in a Dragon Ball Z, you know about this. If you didn't know the game is coming out, it's coming out, and... It's that's where the hype's come from. I mean, because I know nothing about Dragon Ball Z. You, Matt, you've, you've heard somebody of it. called Goku, right? Oh, they see you know quite a bit. Yeah, 
But that's the whole thing, isn't it? It's like not every game is for everybody. Hit, right. hit your hot spots is what it's about. You know, find the game for you. Dragon Ball Z might be it. Or if you're like us and you think, it looks like Dragon Balls, and you start imagining like a guy, like a knight, like punching <laughs> some Dragon Balls like a punching bag, and you start thinking that's the way to defeat a dragon. If you start going down that road, you're in the right place, <laughs> listener. You're in the right place. Otherwise, if you like Dragon Ball Z, for whatever that brings you, anime and all that sort of stuff, this yeah. is the game for you. Okay. Uh, and uh, the fugitive, Matt. You're into big into. Well, we're all into Sim Fowers yeah, games. Yeah, Sim Fowers games. Way. Yeah. Uh, so fugitive has friend of the show just released into mass uh, the mass market. Um, yeah. I, of course, I picked it up in Kickstarter, and we had had a chance to speak to Tim. Uh, not all that long ago, although it was probably a while ago now. Um, great news from him. They've uh, hardback was recently kickstarted, kickstarted, and, and successful. Yeah, so look one. out for that coming. And he's got something, a little project popping up on uh, YouTube called uh, Making Games. And it was episode one was released yesterday. Oh, is it like a video interview with him? Uh, no, it's, it's actually a, uh, we've got a concept. Right, let's turn that into a game. It's like a chat with him and one oh, okay. of the other hardback uh, designers. Mm. Um, I forgot his name. But, uh, oh, was it a collaborative one, the hardback? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're sitting around a table and they talk a game, uh, talk a theme, and in this case it was a movie, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And they take that ga- that movie and those ideas and when they turn it into a game over the course of an episode. Just... Uh, Oh, I love that movie so much. I have to go and check that out now. So, yeah, it's a runs about uh, 35 minutes. The first episode went up um, on the 29th uh, of this month. So, yeah, hopefully I, I sent him a comment immediately saying, hey, this is great. Let's see more of this. So hopefully he responds with um, more yeah. episodes. Oh, so, that, yeah. sounds, that sounds really interesting. Actually. So shout out, Tim Fowers. Uh, also, well, Fugitive going into good game stores right now. Yeah, there yes. you go. Uh, game of the month is Mystic Vale. That's going to be on the uh, on the display for the game of the month, ten uh, percent off, and you can win it this next month coming up. Yes. All the good game stores will have it there, sitting around looking for you to go in and buy it. Ten percent off this is the month to do it. And if you're hovering around Cannington and you want to learn how to play on Thursday, the the first Thursday of July, I'll be there from seven o'clock with the instruction book and knowledge. That's it and skills. And I won't have to fake it because I actually know how to play. You know, he, he does. He really does. doesn't know how to win, but he knows how to no, play. I'm I don't know how to win winner. either. Yeah, we're, we're not letting Travis anywhere near it. It's not that I'm a terrible winner. It's that I'm terrible at winning. I'm, a t- yeah, I'm just that, terrible yes, at winning. That's you know? correct, yeah. I think we're both well, like that. So if you haven't caught up with it yet, the guys did a Seven Land Hat Extra just recently that was really good um, looking at uh, Hand of Fate, which is a oh, really yeah. beautiful new game that's coming out. That was, that was nice. That was really good talking to Barantas. Yes, yeah, a that was a good interview and a good look at that game. And that was a, a fun. That was an interesting game too. So um, look forward to seeing how well, they know, do where that. that goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that's going to be. I tell you what, hearing yeah. the name Barantas, I just felt only Antonio Banderas <laughs> is actually allowed to say that name. <laughs> He's the only person on earth who can go Barantas. <laughs> okay, well, but might have to write to Michael and uh, and get him to get that get he, that organized. He did do a um, yeah. He, oh, he, he has gutted he about that. A, a, he did a bump for us. He did he did a whole bunch of great bumps the, for that, us. But my the yeah. MacBook. I'm not an Apple fan, but this is all getting recorded on an on a MacBook. Yeah. The, the MacBook that we're using yeah, let us down. It. it was yeah, very sad about that. 
so next we might time have to he's get in, Yeah, we'll get in contact with him and get him to do another one for us because he did a great impersonation of uh, Banderas. I was going to say Puss in Boots, but yeah. Mm. How do you get? How do you get ten percent off, guys? You walk into a games work uh, games workshop. You know, I did this the other day too. I said games workshop, and, and, and it's because you're excited about the games workshop I am, coming because into the that's coming area. into yeah, yeah that's, that's coming, coming into the Cannington now. Good games Cannington. If you haven't heard it, good so you, games workshops coming. Walk, so you walk into, into a good game like, store. Good game store. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Jamie. I have nothing to declare. You got to say it like that as well, because that's where the joke's at. <laughs> John D. Clare designed the game. You say, I have nothing to declare. So if you just walk in there and say, I have nothing to declare, they're likely to look at you and say, well, fair All enough. All right, go, go take a seat at any of our free tables <laughs> and enjoy yourself. But if you say declare, then well, they're going to give you a knowing wink yeah. and uh, you'll walk away with 10% discount. That's, that's the way it's done. And, it, it, of course, like every month, you can get down to the uh, Facebook, our Facebook page and leave a comment like... 70-odd people did this time, and there was yes. so many comments generated. Time and is can... running out for um, the, the good, you know, getting in there with a really good chance of picking up the game. Yeah, but just get into it and try and win it anyway. Because, yeah, like with Good Games opening up uh, Chicago stores and other stores popping up around the place, uh, you're going to get more, uh, more population yeah. entering this. Um, so you can win it. Uh, just by leaving a comment on our Facebook page, which is at facebook.com, whatever it is, sevenlandhand.com with a number. Yep. No, it's not .au. It's just uh, .facebook.com. No. And you know what Facebook is. No one's, fi- no one's not found Facebook. <laughs> just no. put slash sevenlandhand. Seven yeah. Um, so, yeah, and we're going to pin this episode to the top of that page, and you'll find an interesting entry. And once you've left your comment, you can win it just like, who is it this month? Well, the winner. Oh, I'm announcing it, aren't I? Yes, because you, uh, we all took one look at the list, uh, at the name, and we thought nobody could thought, butcher mm, it better than I could. We'd better hand that duty off to you. Okay, I've spelt it wrong and stuff. I put, <laughs> I've written down Anru. That's the first Anru. name, but there's a D in there. And oh, that's okay. Oh, look, the winner is Andrew God. <laughs> God, God, Goddy, with a G and O. Two D's and an E. It's like he's taken the extra D that I didn't put into Andrew and he's put it in his surname. That's Andrew, so... Andrew, God. Andrew, God. I think that's, it's, you've got to yell it and it sounds, I feel comfortable like I've given justice to all the letters. Andrew, God. Don't worry, Andrew, we will tag you uh, so you'll know you've won. It'll pop up in your feed. Well, he'll be listening to this right I'm, now. I'm still going with Godie. Godie. Go okay, look. Andrew, he, he wrote in, he said, I've not played Isle of Sky, however, my blood bot... That's the right way to do it as well. If you've not played it and you've won it, happy days, right? Yep. You're about to play it. And Isle of Sky is an absolute, I'll say it, ball terror of a game. <laughs> You'd be happy any day of the week having Isle of Sky. Totally happy with that. I've not played Isle of Sky, however, my blood bowl teams come from Sky, S-K-Y-E. I live in a suburb called Sky. <laughs> Brilliant. Nailed it, Andrew. Yep. There's yeah. a... There's a- Pun, there's a reference, there's Blood Bowl, yeah. and there's... Well, I don't know who it was, said you feel that's all longer the longer than... Right? There's a comment that's longer than one word. Yeah, what is, I'm just trying to read ahead here. Uh, we responded, someone, one of us said, you fill all the entry requirements and your profile pic is a tank. Welcome to our giveaway, <laughs> Andrew. I think that was me, actually. <laughs> I, I didn't know it was me until I saw the tank bit. Uh, two smiley faces and a thumbs up. There so that's go. got to be me, right? I've got a motive yep, on crazy. Like, yes. Yep. Uh, and Andrew wrote black. Visited, 
Bovington when we went in, when we went England for a holiday. England's English is not his sharp point, and he put a H on holiday. Sorry, Andrew, picking on you now. But you've won a game, so who gives a shit? Just ignore everything I have to say. He said, I had one whole day to see everything I could. We'll go back one day. And by means, seeing everything he could was the tank, I believe. That's uh, a nice tank. Uh, and then there's usual chit-chat and, and bollocks that occurs. It's good. You can find it on Facebook. Congratulations, Andrew. There were more words. All right. And um, you know, what else have we got? Uh, we'll get in touch and tell you how to claim your prize. Um, write to us at podcast uh, at sevenlandhand.com with anything. We're getting a few funny comments coming through that way. We'll we get so few uh, letters or emails, don't we? In fact, we get none. But No, no, no we've I'm had sure a few. that's just around the corner. We get quite a lot. Just, you we? have to go, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> Nothing's good. coming to you. Well, well none's coming podcast to at sevenlandhand.com or our names at sevenlandhand.com. Yeah. I think Aaron and Kai, uh, their line, Aaron at sevenlandhand.com. You can send photos through Aaron and Kai. Kai at sevenlandhand. That's K A Y at sevenlandhand.com. And send complaints a, through to David. No, don't do that. Do it, send, send some photos of something abhorrent to Aaron right now. Do it. <laughs> and Kai, send him a photo of some uh, plastic guy that you've painted up. Oh, he'd love that. He'd love that. He yeah. loves He does. Um, all right, that was that. I think that was uh, Mystic Vale. Um, what have we got next? Fortnite. Uh, oh, episode 98 is going to get video streamed live as usual. There'll this be... is getting ridiculous. We're getting so close now to that arbitrary milestone of 100 episodes. Yeah, that's coming up very soon. Well, oh, I... you're going to love an arbitrary milestone. I think uh, Jamie's going to be uh, joining us in person for either episode 99 or episode 100 or episode both. Um, oh, but episode 98, we'll video stream that in a fortnight's time. There's, we're going to bust some boosters. The guy from last month didn't claim his, didn't claim his booster, so it's going to jackpot. I've forgotten who it was now, but if he claims it now, sorry, mate, too slow. You've got to get in fast. Yeah, all right. Yeah, and, he's, and there's a progenitus, uh, what, a GP tour progenitus going. A nice-looking Hydra. That is, it's a beautiful card. Uh, or, or an actual so in the within the podcast there will be an actual hour of devastation followed by hour of devastation previews. So I did that. There'll be a whole hour of just people being devastated. Uh, and then, well, of course, mentioning Kylie Run, we've got forty seconds of forty k with forty k. Uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye out on Facebook for the post telling you how to win the booster. It's easy enough. Just ask us a MTG related question on that post, and uh, we'll we'll pull the top five questions yeah. out. See if you can stump Aaron with something quality. And the best one wins the, wins the booster that we bust, plus all of the stuff from last month. It's not bad, is it? It's, it's packed. You Three know, boosters. That's what Magic Plays are about. We, we have a packed, a packed show. Yeah. At the moment. Yeah, yeah. For, oh, lots of giveaways, too. Lots of free stuff going out the door. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, if you got mentioned today as well, in any sort of form, uh, don't forget to remind us to send you out a badge. That's always good. You so, can get your advertising. Well, well, send tool. me a badge. I got mentioned. You've already got the badges, Jamie. Oh, yeah. okay. Can I have more? Uh, sure, you can. Right. To have us, you got uh, a charging podcast. badger badge? Oh, you can uh, have not them. Yet, but I'll, I'll get one when I'm there. They're oh, the rubbish well, ones. I'll save one for you. Then. They're the rubbish ones. I'll give you one of them for free. That, those uh, ones were graphically designed by me. <laughs> I, I really want us to make a cumbling bunger. Uh, yeah, now. <laughs> Matt the Kungling Bungler. That's great, Bungler. <laughs> I'll have to practice that one too. All right, that was Mystic Vale. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anything else to add in the dying moments of our theme tune, outro uh, tune? It doesn't sound good. 
Yeah, it does. Uh, I'm so enjoying it. brought to you by... This is the first podcast that, with a beer for uh, six for a months. While. Yeah. Four Pines Brewing Company from... Uh, Bo- what was it? Brookvale. Yeah. Brookvale. Brook Naturally. No, Brookvale. Brookvale. That's how you pronounce it. Right. There's a little sticker on this. It says, we love beer. Being Them being we. We, mm. not us, them. Right. Although we enjoy it. Good night, Miss Tickvale. Good night. Good Miss, night. Miss Tickvale. It wasn't me that got pregnant, by the way. <laughs>